0: what up what up what up everyone welcome to episode 65 of combos court and i am combo it's heating up here in new york city man look at this weather and shouts to everyone listening to combos court around the world the continued support has been nothing short of amazing go get this done for me actually get this done for me go leave a five-star rating and a friendly comment right on your Apple Podcast app right now, man. That's right. Pause this episode, get that done for me, and come right back because we have a great show for you. Rashad Bilal, financial advisor and co-host of the Earn Your Leisure podcast joins in. We discuss cryptocurrency, autonomous vehicles, and our thoughts on the Pelicans winning that number one spot in the 2019 NBA Draft. Make sure you go subscribe to the Earn Your Leisure podcast. You could follow Rashad on IG at Rashad Bilal. That's R-A-S-H-A-D-B-I-L-A-L. You know you could follow me on Instagram at Two combo That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Back to Combs Court. Thank you, thank you,
1: thank you for having me. Anytime, man. Anytime. How was LA? LA was dope, man. LA was dope. Was out there for a week and uh, met a lot of great people. Did some good interviews, networking. Had a networking event. So um, yeah, man, I love it out there. Anytime I get a chance to go out there, I I love it. You built such a great following on
0: uh, social media. Can you speak to like the value it has to actually getting out to places in person and and um, spreading your message?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's uh, it's good for a few different reasons as far as uh, you always want to touch the people because nowadays we're in the age of social media where a lot of times people, it's like people feel like people are ghosts. Like they don't really actually exist in real life. So you try to right. like show people like actually real people in real life and engage and, you know, answer questions and talk and just meet people. And I just think that that's just... That's just good. I mean, social media and the internet is great, but there's nothing like face-to-face interaction um, and engagement, in my opinion.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, I, I I don't want to start on such a somber note, but um, you were out in LA, and uh, what what was it feeling like out there? You know, Nipsey's death. It, it was tragic, untimely. How how
1: the, how are the people doing out there? Um, yeah, the vibe is definitely. It was definitely off. Um, you know, people. Was, everybody is um, was affected by it. You see right. his murals all over. I mean, of course, in his neighborhood in South Central, but all over L.A., downtown L.A., everywhere we went, we see a Nipsey Hussle uh, mural, his music, his, everybody playing his music. And people um, was, was was hit hard by that. It's kind of like, you know, with Tupac, you know, I kind of compare it to that. Like, you know, I wasn't in L.A., but I would assume it would be the same type of energy. It might have even been a little bit crazier now because of the internet and the fact that Nipsey is, is actually from L.A., born and raised. Um, and he was doing so many things in LA, like in the community. So yeah, man, that was uh, that was sad, man. It was definitely you could definitely feel it. You could definitely feel like uh, you know people. It, it was still kind of like a, a gray cloud hanging over the city.
0: Yeah, the death was so tragic. But but what lessons do you feel like we could learn from Nipsey's life?
1: Um, I mean, I, I
0: just as far as
1: um his, his ability to just keep going. Like I remember um, Nipsey Hussle. The first time I actually ever, like, heard about him or seen him was, like, probably 10 years ago. And I, uh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, same
0: thing. But the thing is, is that I, I really got into his music just right before he passed with that album, which was crazy. I, I love that album. I had it on repeat for, like, a month. Yeah, well, like, the
1: great yeah. thing about it is that, um, uh, you know, one year can change your life. In right, it's right. Like, if he would have passed away last year, if we wouldn't even – there's no way that this would even take place as far as Staples Center and all of right. He had such an incredible year and literally that changed everything. That changed the projection of everything. Um, so it's it's just, it's sad that, you know, he had to, to die after having that year, but at least he had that year and, you know, his legacy will, will live on forever. And it just shows you that I always say like, you can change your life in a year and you, you can, you can do great things in a short period of time. And that's exactly what he did. He did great things in a short period of time. He he wasted no time as far well as business, music, just everything, and you know, he had the right name, Missy Hustle, because he was definitely hustling. So, definitely. if I could take away anything, it's just this, just, just the grind, man. Because like I said, when I first saw him, I thought like he was just like a, a fake Snoop. To be honest, like I didn't really listen, and then I just kept hearing him more and more and more and more. And then I got into the music, really into the music with Victory Lap, and yeah, and like you now I fell in love with it like so many other people did. And um, yeah, man, yeah, lately he's gone.
0: It was a great album. And, and RIP Nipsey for sure, man. Um, let, let's, let's shift to this, man. Actually, I actually dabbled in Bitcoin about, I'd say, a year and a half ago. I got in, got out of it. It went pretty well. Actually, in hindsight, I wish I would put more money into it. Is a is cashless society inevitable?
1: And what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency in general? Yeah, I don't know if, if a cashless society is inevitable or not. Uh, I think we're already almost at a cashless society. There'll always be some storm of physical cash, I think, in my opinion. But... I mean, even right now we're kind of at a cashless society if you think about it everybody uses credit cards debit cards or buyer right because you don't you don't you can go through life for now pretty much, especially if you live in an urban community without actually having any physical cash with cash app there's so many different ways to transfer money um but as far as crypto i don't know it's it's it's, it's, it's uh it's interesting it's interesting and um it, the thing the, the problem with cryptocurrency is that the whole premise of it is that it's, it's decentralization and you're cutting the banks out, you're cutting the governments out, but governments control currency. So that's one of the reasons why Bitcoin dropped so drastically um, last year, is that a lot of governments across the world um, cracked down on it and put regulations on it. And, you know, so I don't I don't know. I'm kind of going 50-50 on the, on the future of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. To be honest with you, I think it's a good idea. I personally think that it probably will evolve into something that is used mainstream but i think that it'll be regulated i don't think that it'll be unregulated i think it'll be regulated in some form of fashion um that's just my personal take on it but uh i don't know it's it's, i always tell people as far as investing in crypto do your homework just be careful because um we don't know how this is going to play out and it's very volatile it's extremely volatile and it's moved yeah it's moved by a couple a couple of what they call whales which you know like big yeah. big big players so they can move the market in swings and such is is it's not a lot of money relative to like stock market so it's easy to move the crypto market in one direction or another so just got to be careful
0: right well, back when I was um paying more attention to it some people would say it's a scam and then others would say it's the future does it feel like it'll fall like
1: somewhere in the middle or yeah. how, how does that how would how would you look at it yeah i'm kind of a middle ground person in life so that's kind of the this stance i take on crypto is yeah either you you think it's the best thing ever or you think it's a complete scam so i think i'm in the middle i don't think it's a scam i don't think it's necessarily the best thing ever that's going to change the world i think it'll fall somewhere in the middle and you know it'll it's a place for it but um i don't know if it's just going to complete like people say like the dollar is going to collapse and there's going to be no more centralized banks i don't i don't see that happening crypto is something that's up and coming um
0: I actually had the ch- I had the opportunity to uh, check out your, your uh, interview with Al, which was great, man. I loved it. Oh, thank you, thank uh, you. Yeah. W- so if for somebody that's you know marijuana is not really my lane, um, but for somebody that's into it and wants to get into the business,
1: what would you tell them? Um, yeah, that interview with Al is dope because you know Al Harrington is um he's an interesting story as far as you know NBA right, and then he he's doing his entrepreneurial thing and he's huge in the cannabis industry right now. But even what he was saying, he was shining some light on it that I even I wasn't aware of as far as how how hard it is to get into the um, the industry and it's it's kind of being more and more saturated right now so it's a couple ways to get involved I mean, you can buy stock but there's a couple of companies that you can buy stock publicly traded companies that's that's one way to get involved in the industry without actually becoming a business owner like right but um if you want to be a business owner it's just a matter of I think one of the key things that he said was um don't try to start at the top like learn the business like even if you have to get a job and and work your way up and then you'll be in a better position in a couple of years to have your own dispensary or you know have your own shop where a lot of people right now are just trying to start at the top and they're making a lot of mistakes because there's so many there's so much regulation and, and red tape and all of that stuff so it's important to, to, to know and i think the best way to, to educate yourself is to actually be in it so if that's something that you're passionate about then i would just suggest Take your time. It's not like going to go away overnight. Like it's it's a it's evolving industry. It's only going to get bigger, but it's it's going
0: to take time too. So when we look at Al's story, um, you know, he was an employee. He played in the NBA, and now he's an entrepreneur. I wanted to hear your thoughts on um, you feel being an entrepreneur is, is an innate talent or something that could be learned?
1: Um, I think both, both on a certain level. Like I think that um, it's not for everybody. Like everybody just doesn't have the 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 drive and the dedication and the passion and the, you know, you got to have certain traits in your personality, I think, to to, to be an entrepreneur.
0: What would be those traits you feel?
1: um, Independence. You got to have a a strong, a strong craving for independence. In my opinion, Um, you have to be creative. You have to be disciplined. You have to have a, a strong work ethic. You have to be able to keep your composure. You have to be able to um, withstand risk all of those things. you know, a lot of times people don't have those qualities. So it's difficult. It's difficult to to be an entrepreneur if you don't have those qualities. Right. Not to say that you can't because there's always exceptions to the rules, but it's just it'll be difficult. Um, Now, as far as you can learn too, though, right, like you can learn and that's you're always going to be learning no matter what you do. So yeah major part of being an entrepreneur is learning you always got to constantly learn and educate yourself and you can actually learn different traits as well like you can learn to to have more composure you can learn to even work harder you can learn that you can you know but i think you can only learn so much some some things have to actually be physically and in interest too it's hard to convince yourself that you're interested in something that you're not interested in you know what i'm saying yeah definitely if you're not interested in being a business owner it's going to be hard to ch- just to try to convince yourself that you you want to be interested in it so
0: yeah uh, i guess yeah. pretty much
1: it's not it's not for everybody
0: and if you're happy not being an entrepreneur it might be in your best interest to stick with just doing it your own way
1: yeah i mean you know everybody's path in life is different right, right? so um some people are completely fine with never being an entrepreneur never being a business owner and and they just you know want to just live the life however they live then also you got to keep in mind too that it doesn't mean that you can't make a lot of money if you're not an entrepreneur you said like this is a sports show so basketball they're not entrepreneurs if you don't become an entrepreneur yeah you can, you can sign a hundred million dollar contract you right can, right you're, you're still technically an employee you make a lot of money you know so you yeah but make- how many how many people these
0: days um who like let's say make that kind of money you know like let's say a hundred million don't have some businesses on the side you know It's not too many, I bet, right?
1: Well, I don't know if they don't have business because everybody might not necessarily even want to start a business. You can invest, right? You can still invest your money true, true. investments, even be silent partners in businesses or invest money in the business, but you still might not be interested in being a business owner yourself, you know? And like I said, it's not wrong. I mean, if I had a billion dollars. I might not be want to be a business owner. I might just want to just live off of the interest and just chill out and Bahamas. like you know. So, it, it right, depends. it just depends. So, everybody's path is different. Everybody's journey is different. But for me, I think um, the the freedom that entrepreneurship brings is that's what we really all after. It's just you know you want to have the freedom, freedom of your time, freedom to of your thoughts, freedom to you know just kind of do things your way. So that freedom can come in a variety of different ways if you have enough money then you don't necessarily have to be a business owner to have freedom you already have enough money where you can just chill out and do whatever you want to do i've been
0: paying attention to your podcast of you guys were speaking on uh, autonomous vehicles which which i love the idea of some people like my mother will be like this that's crazy like (laughs) like she would never get in a car that's driving herself but um what are your thoughts on uh, autonomous vehicles and what's uber's and google's role in the whole idea of driverless cars
1: yeah, I think it's the future. It's crazy that you actually asked me that question because I was just—I follow um Noriega on Instagram and he posted a post today,
0: when somebody okay.
1: I think it was like in Dubai or something. But somebody was driving. Well, they wasn't driving. The car was driving itself, a Mercedes, and it was a video of a self-driving car on the highway. And the guy was like in the back, but like with his feet up. Um, but I mean, I think it's the future. I think it's the future. And me too. Um, I think that um, you know everybody in in a race right now to to, a lot of times people don't understand that. Everybody's in a race right now to to make self-driving cars. Mercedes and BMW just teamed up with each other to work on a self-driving car. Google um, has a whole company called Waymo devoted to self-driving cars. Uber. I think that's the question that you refer to Uber. Uber um, and Google. Google sued Uber because they said that um, they took their lead engineer in their self-driving car company and took them over to, to Uber, and then they stole, like, 12,000 fouls from Google to give to Uber. So it's crazy right now. Everybody's trying to beat each other. You got Elon Musk with Tesla. Everybody's, like, trying to be the first person to really mass-produce self-driving cars. And, of course, you got to, you know, get it through the government. That's the whole process. But self-driving cars is the future, man. I think that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not something that is um, as far-fetched as people may think.
0: Yeah. Uber's not profitable as I learned from you.
1: Yeah, they're not profitable. They they've never been profitable, but a lot of companies aren't profitable, like Snapchat, Uber, Lyft, a bunch of companies aren't profitable. So um uh, yeah, I mean they really much they operate off debt. They wow. borrow they borrow billions of dollars and um they lose money every year. So you know That's crazy. They, yeah, yeah, it's different. I mean, most people can't really fully understand because tech world how it works is off of potential. So right. Like are really, you might not, if you're investing in a tech company, you, you're not, you don't really expect to make money this year, next year, maybe even for 15 years, right? It's take a long time for Amazon to even become profitable or Facebook to become profitable with their profitable companies now. So that's what, when, when, when these investors, and even now these companies are public, and when people buy stock, they're not really necessarily looking at these companies like what they are right now. They're looking at what they could pot- potentially be. It's like the NBA. Like, you know, you might draft somebody, and then you're not really drafting them off of their talent. Right now, you're drafting them off of their potential. But just like the NBA, a lot of guys that have potential, it doesn't they never fulfill their potential. So it's only so long that you can just live off of potential. So, yeah, Uber has problems. They got a lot of competition. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out.
0: We will see. You mentioned the NBA. Uh, when I'm doing podcasts, sometimes I almost do – total episodes without talking about basketball and then you know i've i've had guests like dr sterling who's a doctor obviously and Howl the don was a battle rapper and at the, at the end of the conversation they're like yo we didn't talk about enough basketball man and they just started talking about basketball so that's how me and you met so let's talk about it you know zion it's it's been reported that he wasn't too happy about the pelicans drafting him colin cowherd even went on uh on his show saying that he should threaten to go back to duke do you think it's, like, in Zion's best interest to go with the flow and just play with the team that, that drafts him or, or voice his opinion?
1: Uh, I think it's too late now. I think it's kind of too late because I don't I, I, I don't really know what what he can do. I don't think that even if he's, like, disgruntled, I mean, he's not going to sit out for three years. I, I don't see that happening, like, you know what I mean? And if I'm the Pelicans, I'm not trading him unless I can get LeBron or somebody, like, a, long, a long-nose caliber, and I don't think that that's possible. So – right. Honestly, I mean, I don't know. It's an unfortunate situation because nobody really would want to play with the Pelicans, especially now. With Anthony Davis probably, he wants to leave. So, But I don't know. I mean, I guess the only option that he really has is just to make the best of it. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really see him having too many options. I think he could have, if, if he really was serious about not playing, he could have done like a Kobe Bryant thing where um, he refused to play for Charlotte. He told him that. Yeah. Immediately. There's a few instances they, in sports where this happened. Eli Manning. Yeah, Eli Manning. Two, yeah, yeah, it happened before, but it's just Zion is just such—he's different. I mean, even Eli was the number one draft pick, but the hype behind Zion and nobody—I don't care. Like I said, if I'm a Pelican, I don't care what you tell me, unless I can get LeBron, and that's it. <laughs> like I'm not trading you. So I don't you wouldn't know. you wouldn't trade Zion for Katie straight up? Well, but Katie's a. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's a free agent. That's a right. Agent. Okay, okay. Let's say, uh, hypothetically, would you?
1: Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, me yeah, too. Of course. Yeah, of course. Me too. <laughs> well, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Unless I can get something like that a Greek freak, a KD, LeBron, Ka- Kawhi Leonard, it has to be somebody who's an established top 10 player in the league right now. Then I, I would do that because it's still, the jury's still out on Zion. I mean, we don't know. Once again, potential. We don't know exactly how you know it's going to play out, but.
0: I wouldn't be I mean, surprised if Jaw is the best
1: player out of this year's draft, to be honest. Possibility. Yeah. possibly. But I think my thing with Zion is that no matter – I mean, even if the Knicks drafted him, it's not like, do you really want to play for the Knicks like that? Bad, too. Like, it's not like – you know me? I mean, he's in a small market, but nowadays the market don't really mean anything. LeBron proved that in Cleveland. So, I mean, it's not like it's, it's terrible. I mean, you know.
0: I, he might have lost some money with the shoe deal, though, like if you compare New York to New Orleans.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't think so because – LeBron didn't lose any money when he went to Cleveland.
0: Yeah. That was a great fit, though. That was, like, part of the story, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I just feel like the league now and the internet and social media, it doesn't really matter what market you're in. Like, because they, you know, it's like you got small market guys who are superstars, right? Like, I don't think you have to be in big markets anymore to really be a superstar in the league, which is my opinion. But even OKC, I mean – um, when KD, I mean, KD was a superstar in OKC, and that's Oklahoma. So it, it's interesting. I think that if he could convince, um, Anthony Davis to stay, they don't have a terrible team. Like, they, you know, they can potentially make the playoffs, possibly. Like, they're not going to win a championship, but they're not terrible.
0: No, they have Drew Holiday. They have, they, they would better, have, they, it, yeah, they're, yeah. Better,
1: they're, they're better than the Knicks.
0: Definitely. You know, last time you were here, uh, you kind of you called James Harden a choker.
1: Um you know what the thing with James Harden, he actually played decent this playoff. That's what, what I thing? thought too. I thought he played well. I think I think he played decent, but the thing about it is that um it's a certain it factor that you know, you can't just keep losing. Same thing with Chris Paul like you you can't lose all right, Ke- Kevin Durant, the best player on the team gets hurt and then you lose game 6 on your court. It doesn't yeah. I, I I don't that's what I'm saying like it's like I, Certain stat, okay. You, I don't care if you had thirty points. Like, you gotta find a way to win. You gotta right. Hundred percent. Yeah. He's he's consistently found ways to lose consistently. So I, I just can't put him in the category that everybody's putting him in because he he he's not a, he doesn't win.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's
1: part of the reason why I don't put Giannis in that category
0: yet either. Like, I feel like he has a proof that like people are saying that. I hear people say that he's the best player in the NBA. I'm like, yo, yeah, you gotta slow. Down, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, now nah, you got to win. I mean, that's what it comes down to. If you really, if you're really the, the best player, you want to be one of the best players. They are talking about James Harden being one of the best players of all time, like the best. I've heard people say he's the best offensive player ever. So,
0: yeah, I don't know. Like, there's about there's about three or four guys better than him right now in the NBA. So I don't know about that all time. You know?
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, that's my thing. Like I said, I mean, James he's he's incredible. He can he score. Yeah. He can do everything offensively, but. I just can't – you know, I just don't see him having that it factor to just make a team go over the top. And you can't say that they – even that they, they didn't have a good team. And it was kind of even this series because, like I said, once KD got hurt, it's like, you know, you got to do something. Like, you know, Steph Curry's a perfect example of that. He played bad, and then he scored 33 points in the second half. So you Golly, gotta,
0: he took over. Yeah, you got to
1: find a way to – if you only want to be like that caliber of play, you got to have a memorable moment. And yeah. He hasn't had that.
0: To your point, I think it's somewhat mental because he has the ability to do something like what Steph Curry did, score 33, score
1: 33 and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just got to have that will, like, to win. Like, that's what Jordan had. That's what, you know what I mean, like Kobe. Even LeBron, like, when you got to, on a certain level, just, like, put the team on your back and we're not going to lose.
0: Yeah, That's it. You know what I
1: mean? So, that's my only thing with, with James Harden. I just feel like he just, he just, he can't do that. Can't do it. I love everything you're doing with the podcast, man, and I really
0: appreciate you, I really appreciate you being here. But on, on top of that, I wanted to ask you, what do you feel like the podcast has taught you, like outside of the actual podcast part of it, just like things has helped you become better in, in life?
1: One of the good things about having a podcast is that we bring on guests, and I learn stuff every week from the guests. Right, right. Like so- a conversation
0: you might not have otherwise right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's one of the great things. And it's also a great networking tool, too. So I establish relationships with all my guests. That's another thing. You know, it, it it opens up a lot of doors relationship-wise. So yeah, the podcast has really been great. Like I said before, I didn't really start the podcast with any expectations. So the success that we we're having with it is just um, it's just humbling and it's great because it's, it, it allows me to do a lot of other things related to the podcast. That's another thing, too. So From the podcast, now we can do speaking engagements. We can do sell merch. We can, you know, do networking events. We can meet people. We can, you know, do a whole bunch of stuff. So that's one of the best things for me. As far as learning, like I said, I mean, my biggest thing is just I I literally learn something every single week from a guest because we try to bring a variety of different guests in from different fields. So it's it's all education uh, from the listeners and for me also as a as a host.
0: Yeah, you know, uh I learned a lot today from you actually to speak to your point, and it's great to see your progression from our time in prep school till now, man. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate you, Rashad.
1: no nah, no nah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Anytime.
0: There it is. 65 is in the books. Big shouts to Rashad for joining in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating and a friendly comment right on your Apple Podcast app and punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Be on the lookout. For episode 66 Combo out